can truly, surely, woo a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm gonna be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports, pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's bar dedicated to podcasts, reality TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. I'm still in the zone as far as my podcast um trying to just increase the quality of the content and who knows i get to talk about things i still love and things that i don't love and things that get on my nerves and i'm hoping to keep that going i'm hoping to expand the podcast itself erratically and organically um for next week, I'm planning on one more week in this hellhole of sound that is the KOA and damn neck. However, I still dig um, everyone that continues to list or listen to my podcast and leave reviews on iTunes, which is my main source of reviews. It, this is from Miguel Gutierrez. 41. Recently, I started listening to this podcast, and so far, it has been helpful and really best. Well, this English is not initial language. I've been listening to this podcast for one month. Thank you. Super amazing podcast with the best host. Highly recommended. Thank you, Simon Earl 35. Such a great show. I always learn something new and very useful. Thank you. A very beautiful podcast. And I listen to it once a day. On my way, I think I'm up to 298 episodes. I hope with this in the next, I'll get to well over 300. And I'm just going to keep producing until somebody tells me to shut the hell up. You don't have to listen. You can tune it out. But I'm going to continue with all of my downloads. I want to produce great content. And I want to get to the million downloads that lesser podcasts have done and have even more interesting guests. How about that? Watch me blow up. Watch me glow up. I am praying for the day that I get to simply just record and read and talk about the meaning of this whole podcast. It's pretty dope that I have the ability to continue um, this podcast. I'm seeing it grow by leaps and bounds. I can only dream of it one day reaching the ears of somebody that thinks that I actually have something to say. I 
really enjoy doing it. And I just want more people to believe and want to continue to hear it like some of the people that have left me comments and uh, big ups. I'm still reading Bevelations and it's like a 248 page book that I would have made quick work of back in the day. But I've been busy as of late and I haven't had time to report my podcast. My sister is doing well. It's one of the reasons why I'm still broadcasting from Virginia Beach is because she was released from the hospital today. She's deconditioned, but I think she's on her way to recovery. I'm hopeful that she will continue her recovery, but in the comforts of her home. Mad shout outs to the physicians at uh, Virginia Oncology and Centera Norfolk General y'all have work to do. But while I was waiting for her today, I did get um, a word from Bevy Smith. As I said, I'm still reading Bevelations and I want to leave two of her Bevelations with you and the details of which I've included in the extended podcast notes. When you seek to change your life and live the life of a creative, it can be scary. And I know this, but I will not do what she did. She basically left a very lucrative position with first Jive and then Rolling Stones um, to chase her dream. And she had seven years of want that ended up multiple times at the housing court in New York and some other things. Even though she's younger than I was, but still, I'm not that crazy. There is no way I would give up my daytime job if I did not have something that would pay me just as much as I make in the daytime job, but still doing what I like. But that's why I keep grinding. I keep my numbers up and I keep rolling forward. But she says, you have to have confidence, but it doesn't pay the bills. So don't walk away from a job if you don't have the backup to at least if it's because it could take you seven years to land the true gene position that is going to continue to pay and allow you to be a productive citizen. And then if you even if you did come up with an idea, they're all a dime a dozen. But do you have the plan to execute it? What is your strategy of execution? You can dream, but what are you doing to get that dream to be a reality? And always don't shirk any relationship. Some relationships are good to actually nurture. And some you just got to kick to the curb because you're not been, you're only, if it's, especially if it's lopsided and if it's benefiting them and not benefiting you, you got to release it. But never think that you're too old to chase your dream. That's what it is starting to become more relevant. You're never too old to chase that dream. But you, if you're going to chase it, you're going to have to have a strategy and a plan to continue for that dream to manifest that to become your reality. But don't stop chasing. Just don't. So I wonder if Bevy Smith ever met Michael B. Jordan because he's the type of guy that he is so different and you can see his transformation from the wire on to 
Creed 3, which drops, I think, momentarily. John C. B. Majors, also super fine. And you got two of the finest Black men on the planet and probably one of the greatest movies to drop in a very long time. It's opening up to very good reviews. I think it premiered this week in New York. It's supposed to also premiere in France. And I agree with Demetri L. Lucas from Ratchet and Respectable, her podcast. The whole marketing where they show the interaction between Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan, how they interact on a level that resembles Michael B. Jordan's uh, interaction with Jonathan Bozeman. He also had a segment on, I believe, Saturday Night Live, but the promos for his directorial um, debut uh, for Creed Three, this Calvin Klein spread. He apologized to his mama for being in his draws on the billboard, but I think she's going to have to get over it because of Ram. He looks fine. He looks good. I am here for all of these photos. I'm have to get wherever his next spread. Oh, I think he had a Rolling Stone spread. Let me go back. Uh, let's see. Rolling Stone. How am I going to get? OMG. Thank you, Lord. Have mercy. I had read that the interview, it was obvious that the his the interviewer, they ended up giving him God dog, what is this? Wow. And yum. This brother, he looks really good. But you can see his glow up from his time um, on the wire as that young man, drug dealer, to morphing into kill shot, morphing into his character on Creed 3 and his being a director. How cool is all of this? But I need to get I really need to get this Rolling Stone when he was on Rolling Stone just recently, as well as whoever is covering the spread uh, for his Calvin Klein. I just, yowzers. <laughs> Me and my sister are crazy. We just talk about how we don't need to see it, but yes, we kind of do. It is the bomb.com. Um, as I said, his mom is just going to have to get over it because he really looks good in all of these pictures. He's showing a lot of skin, but all of the straight cisgender black women, white women of in any woman of the world can basically see how fine he, your son is. We just saying no disrespect, but he is fine. So what is going on in the, the, the great state of the volunteer state of Tennessee? Why have every last Republican lost their goddamn mind? Usually in Tennessee, we volunteer state, but we don't volunteer for shit. We don't volunteer for a damn thing. But then we got Governor Lee 
volunteering to be a backwards jackass. How you gonna dress in drag in 1977 looking like a full-blown contestant in drag race and now you fix your mouth to say not only are you going to deny children gender-affirming therapy, you ain't no fucking doctor. How 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 does this work? I, I, I'm just wondering, how does a government entity practice medicine maybe greg abbott you need to take some lessons from greg abbott because texas law has specific laws against the well the jurisprudence that i took said a corporation or business can't practice medicine so why does it excuse the governor from denying medical therapy from someone with gender dysphoria disorder Put a pin in that. We're gonna have to come back to that because I don't understand how that is gonna that is gonna fly. And then you look like the not only RuPaul him his damn self, you look pretty good in drag, bruh. And then you gonna come back and fix your mouth and restrict drag um shows in this state. What is wrong with you? So that means every bitch that's in the General Assembly and all them fools in Nashville, they ain't going to have no job because y'all don't understand drag. Or so y'all don't be surprised if you in Tennessee and drag race is blacked out. Let's see how this goes, how these fascists are going to continue to ruin the lives of Americans because they are just they are hiding behind a cloak and a steel wall. They call it conservatism, but it's right along the range of fascism. I can't. They make me so sick. My blood pressure is going up. I'm not sober enough. I'm so too sober for this conversation but anyways and then why are we talking about george de santos george santos he lied is that really his name probably not did he go to any of the school is he not qualified to have his job because he lied on his job application which is a freaking felony you can't become a representative in the united states and lie about everything contrary to popular belief and why are we and why is it taking him so much time for y'all to boot his lying ass out? He ain't even good at it. Everybody fact checked this shit. The internet did what it did, and he has lied. It's a felony. Kick his ass out, have a runoff election, and keep it pushing. Because y'all making my head hurt. I'm tired of y'all making the donkeys donking the brain brain. Y'all are stupid. <laughs> And the other donkey, who is it that I actually had to put as a donkey donkey? Y'all just make my job way too easy. Oh, this Murdoch fool. This is actually fresh off the press. I hope this go to press. I can actually put this to bed by tomorrow because he actually was not only it was just so contrived and just so a botched uh murder he basically annihilated his family to basically cover up his own wrong dealings embezzlement just lying um he is a disgrace and the great republican state of south carolina killed his wife and his son to cover up his own misdeed if this ain't some white man privilege gone wrong and you can try to lie and use a gun and murder to cover up 
Don't think that would make this rich if he actually was running for public office and still got the public office and he still tried to cover this bullshit up. However, he actually got convicted. And I don't think that the uh, prosecution had trial that hard because everybody's looking at him like he was crazy. He, We know he did it. He lied about it. He tried to get away with it and was arrogant enough to think he was going to get away with it, but he got got. All of these, every last one of these donkeys are from either they're Republicans or from Republican state. And that's what you get when you do when you do foolishness. You get God. We haven't heard the last of this BS from Lee. We haven't heard the last of Santos uh, being stupid and lying probably more and being a predator, a sexual predator. And I will not have to end this segment of donkeys donkeying because I we got these jackasses willing to do jackass stuff. So there you go. Where have all the compliments gone? And online dating is not for the faint of hearts. Taking this from my favorite Reddit thread while I eat this smoked pigtail. I've 47-year-old male, noticed something in online dating that I wasn't expecting. The women I've dated have given me virtually zero compliments. It's becoming almost comical, granted. I haven't had a ton of experience dating since my wife passed, so he's a widower. But the women I've dated have all been very judicial with their compliments. It's almost as if they're making a conscious effort not to give compliments. I dated a woman for about 10 months, and the only time she told me she was attracted to me was as we were breaking up. She did reply with handsome to a couple of selfies I sent over the course of our relationship, but that was it. I got a half a dozen haircuts, and she made no mention of any of them. I wore a cologne that I thought smelled great on every date, and she never mentioned it once. It was like she didn't even notice anything about me. I, on the other hand, mentioned how great she smelled a number of times, told her she was beautiful numerous times, and gave her countless other compliments. Most times, she just smiled in response. On rare occasions, she would parrot my compliment in reply. Another woman I dated for a while was the same. I told her I thought she was naturally beautiful, and her reply was, you're nice. She said at one point, did I give the best compliments that she gave me virtually none aside from that one? Yet yeah, she seemed really interested and attracted to me from her actions. In chats and first dates with other women, I've had the same experience. Has anyone else experienced this? My late wife and the woman I dated before her would all give me at least occasional compliment. One was especially for it, but I know that's not the norm. I'm not looking to be fond over but if this is how it is these days, is this new normal for dating? Or was I just fortunate with my early life dating experience to find women who knew how to express their interests and feelings? Of course, the responses are everything in these um, this thread. However, I'm going to give mine first. Number one, I'm not all that talkative. No, I'm not going to pump up your ego because I ain't got fucking time for that. But I also am a great believer that people tell you 
who they are and what they are. If you never ask these women in these long-term relationship, anything up to 10 months is long-term to me. Why didn't you tell them that you, that is your love language and you needed to be told something instead of just saying, thinking that they were supposed to read your mind and act like people that these women didn't know. That's number one. And even though you say you're not needy or whatever, that's exactly what you are needy. Fight that fight says words of affirmation. God damn it. People need that to be generous. Agreed. I'm a woman. I give way more than I receive. I have zero doubt that my partner is attracted to me and likes me, but he doesn't vocalize it often. I'm okay with it. When I compliment him, it's not get one back just because I felt like doing it. And she said this exactly. This is Lumpy Test 1739. Communicate clearly what you like and see what happens, but don't keep score. See how the relationship is overall. Bond bitch says, I'm the same. I always like giving him compliments. My never, my ex never complimented, but that's why he's your ex. And once I asked why he said, well, I wouldn't be in a relationship with you if I wasn't attracted to you. Well, alrighty then. There's a narrative that men complimenting women is creepy and toxic masculinity. Uh, of course, this isn't supposed to be targeted at men in a relationship, but it's easy for that to carry on when it's the way you work most of the rest of the time. I do offer compliments, especially about more than just achievements. I might also tell another guy, but it's definitely not natural to me. And then Undrunk Panda says she compliments or he compliments everybody. If the co-worker has a nice shirt or something, I'll compliment it. It's just something just compliment them tell them what you want and if they don't give it then you move the freak on it's not that hard y'all i don't know what the all the brouhaha is about you have to tell people what you want you can't just expect them to know or gain what you need by osmosis so that's on you if you're not getting what you need because you've never verbalized your needs or wants. long-term trekkie knows that is the intro to Picard and we're now in the third season and what a great way to start this segment of the episode for Quark's Bar. So I know I am going to be watching episode three again. I've watched the first two and then I'm going to watch this and I'm going to watch DS9. And then I'm going to basically pull it all together. What I have realized is that not only is the final season of Picard a homage to Jean-Luc Picard and the whole Next Generation franchise, but in some way, station or form, they're bringing all of the former but older characters in some form back to close out this final segment of 
Picard because as we as the cast or the curtain sets on this one, it basically is a curtain call for all of the um, next generation characters. They bring back Worf. Raph is back, but she was a part. Her she's Raphaela. She was formerly of not just uh, thirty one Starfleet intelligence. But she was a part of the initial iteration of Picard. And they're drawing upon like Deep Space Nine with the changelings, as well as I think the Jim Hadar may make a grand entrance. It's just going to be so dope. I'll get into and expand all of it in the paywall version of Tenfro's Bar. Um, later on next week, but I hope you would navigate to my first iteration or revamp version of Tenfro's Bar that's available on my kick-ass additional channel, as well as for a limited period of time that's also available on my Felicia Baxter Podbean channel. Let me know what you think and any other episodes of the Star Trek universe that I need to add, because I not only talk about Star Trek, I talk about SpaceX, NASA, and my new segment called Shop Talk, where I talk about the NFL, Combine, the Draft. Also, I wanted to mention that uh, Brittany Griner has been signed to a one-year contract with phoenix these are the types of things sports unlimited that i also spot i talk about on shop talk and don't forget this is also march madness what does your uh grid looks like as far as who's going to get to the final four i'm just saying i have no high hopes because i don't follow uh college basketball like that but i'm excited about everybody that's going so check out my extended podcast notes for the details of the combine my comments on uh picard and anything else in the star trek verse and stop being cheap become a patreon as well as a subscriber to my Podbean channel y'all just need to stop give the sister her bag The Shady Bunch, the Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. Instead of talking about her uterus and what's happening with her personal life, she would rather malign and with people's families. And you use this show to lie on people because you oh, have nothing else going on. on Chris. Your dwindling Tell uterus what I said. was waiting for you to put it Tell on TV as a storyline. And instead of that, husband you that sat on Karen's couch, you sat at a table Karen with Robin, the same and thing. you said to them, Chris needs to apologize for what he did to me. Yes. We are yes. still waiting for you to tell us what he did to you. Yes. What he did he do to you, Giselle? made me feel uncomfortable, is what I told you and her and her. So that is Candace beginning, beginning the bloodbath let out, air out of the cat eye, green eye bandits. Um, she went from Ashley, she went from Jizzy Dizzy and to Boring Ass Robin. And that was just the beginning of how they 
followed a false narrative when they could have gotten real with it. But what's more important, not only how lit this reunion was compared to the previous episode, even though they tried to keep it classy, were the follow-up responses to their colorism. And I see colorism and how they treat and malign all the dark sisters, and even from the seating arrangement on the couch, how Karen gets first chair next to Andy and Jizzy's on the other side, like he wants to be posted up about what he perceives. I don't know if they get more clicks. Um, the Ladams are not a thing, but the raindrops that follow Carlos King is how they're even arranged around him and what he what they want to portray as what represents beauty and class, et cetera. But it was obvious a candidate's Dillard Bass, excuse me, air out. She had to smoke for everybody. And I was there for it. So I'm sitting here listening to trying to understand why this whole debate about colorism even exists as it refers to Potomac. Don't get it twisted. I have always felt especially how they railroaded probably one of my most favorite characters because she was stunningly gorgeous. Monique Samuels off of this show. And now I know what happens to reality TV people when they are railroaded or get fired from a show. And I see how hypocritical these other hoes are. I have no love loss for any of them. I like Candace only because she's messy and she will read you for filth and she doesn't care. I also think she's also very unstable. And I'm not saying Monique should have punched her in the head, beat her ass and pulled her wig, but I can also understand because you ain't going to pop off and say and talk crazy to somebody and threaten to let them drag you. And when they actually do, you get upset and emotional. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm neither here nor there. What I don't understand is why people think that they were going to get more than a surface covering of such a sensitive topic on the show that's predicated off of fluff and surface and lies and nothing serious. This is not one of Winnie Osefo's commentary political platforms. This is just what it is. It is an unreality TV show where they seek fashion above facts, where they seek dirt above duty, um, lies above truth. So me getting upset off of something that this show is not supposed to be, I'm not going to be that. But it, it still is beguiling to me watching Giselle pretend the main benefit or the main recipient of beauty uh, and colorism, she reaps all of those benefits. And this is why I hate broadcasting or taping at the KOA near Oceana because you get jets that fly overhead. 
I don't know, it's not even Ethel Barkin. The Jets are just crazy, y'all. But anyways, I could not understand why she was acting confused because she knew she's the main she gets the main benefits from it because she is talentless and she's also an idiot but she doesn't want it to change because that would be something that would erode her standing on the show and that's why you can never have a serious conversation with people that you weren't hired you don't get airtime for being smart, because that's boring. It doesn't make for good TV. It makes for boring TV. And the producers are going to edit all of that out. They're going to edit the truth. They want you to be truthful. But when you are truthful, if it's too boring, it's going to get edited out. Y'all can't have it both ways. I'm just saying. And so, but even though I find it very entertaining, Carlos King and DJ Sky and the dude from Make It Make Sense being all up in their feelings, I don't feel either way. I know I've been affected by colorism. I am a female. I'm not like these pretentious rich bitches in Potomac, but I also get that that is not what this show is about. They've tried to have this conversation on numerous occasions they tried it back in season five briefly brazed upon it in season six and now here we are seeing mia not being railroaded off this show but she may have to go off the show because she ain't got no money no more and she, her and g are dependent on these damn checks from this show but it raised his head they only gave it 30 seconds because what do you expect from a shallow, unreality show to give some a subject so serious? That doesn't make for good TV. They weren't ever at risk for bringing in a moderator. They were never at risk for having to have an intelligent, moderated conversation about something that affects our community so deeply because that's not what this show is about this that is not entertaining they were never going to have a deep conversation and i'm not going to waste my emotions on something that was never going to happen <laughs> And that's it for this episode of Tenfro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road. If I get hint, hint sponsorship, navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening. <laughs>